But here, on the very rim of known space, justice is a long way away. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian, and joining me, as always, is your co-host, Spaz. Hello. Your co-host, Julie. Hey, how you doing? Your co-host, Thorsten. Hello, everyone. And your co-host, Jacob. War is good for business. <laughs> what was that one great episode of Star Trek The Next Generation? Peace through superior firepower. <laughs> uh, it's like one of the only good season one episodes. Um, friends, we have a guest joining us uh, today. Okay, I'm going to try and say this right. Please don't give me crap if I say it wrong. I'm going to try, okay? Joining us from near Aachen, Germany. I hope I said that right. Bernd Lehan, the CEO head, what, what, what would your like title be of Egosoft? The creator? Creator? Well, I'm a founder. Hello. Thank you founder. very much for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm a founder of the company. Uh, we, we, we founded the company with two people, actually, but oh, the wow. other guy is uh, not, not with the company anymore for a while. So, And uh, yeah, nowadays... Um, I'm a little bit uh, all over the place. I used to be a programmer. Nowadays, I'm just my my business card says managing director, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> just probably just another term for somebody who does a little bit of everything. Well, thank you so much again for joining us to talk about the latest expansion for X4 uh, Foundations and X4 in general, uh, and X in general, and X in time. general. I, I have to once again thank you for being one of the few beacons of light throughout the the dark ages of space gaming because folks if you recall uh, i believe the first x game was what 99 am i remembering that correctly it was 99 beyond the frontier came out in 1999 yes yeah and then um the following games came out in like the aughts where no very few other space games were coming out uh <laughs> yeah it was the one that like i remember hearing about it was like X3, uh, X3, uh, like all the, and all the expansions for me were one of the few like new space games when I was getting into this stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, the X, X3 reunion was 2005 already, but there were, there was X2, the threat before that, that was, I think 2003. And, uh, yeah. And of course there was an extension called extension. <laughs> I, I did i did love that i love that extension was called extension i did love that <laughs> uh but we're here to primarily to talk about x4 uh the third expansion for x4 tides of avarice which i mean not only did the um did the big 5.0 patch add uh quite a bit but so did this expansion so when did you guys start when did you guys start working on this one? Was it right after the last one? I mean, was like, how, how does the timeline of this one come about? Yeah, more or less. It's, it's about a year of development and a little bit more actually, but, but yeah, uh, it's, is of course not exactly to the release because there's always this little, this, this period after you think you have it finished already and then still need a couple of months, but um, yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, about one. So it overlaps always a little bit, but uh, yeah, it's about one year of planned development plus plus X. Well, it, it's a really great expansion. I have to admit, I love the start that where you start in jail. I it's probably my favorite start that you've made. It's just so energetic and fun. <laughs> 
I, I absolutely love it. Because when I saw that you start with no money, I'm like, huh, here's a start with no money at all. That's interesting. <laughs> no money and a fighter. Let's go. Let's go. And uh, yeah, I've, I've, I'm about 10 hours into it so far to this, this particular start. And I am, I am just having, I'm just having a great time with the, the curs. Uh, I'm just having a, a great time. So I really, yeah, all the, like, like Arquebus just said, all the characters are really great. I'm really enjoying the writing in this one. I, I've really been enjoying Ace and everyone. So yeah, uh, I have to, I have to give you props for how much uh, fun that particular start was. Now, what exactly to, like, the, cause the store page said it added some sectors and it added some ships. What exactly does this particular expansion add to the game? Oh, it, uh, well, it, it adds two big stories. That's I think the one that you, uh, start, uh, start into first is the one that's more, a little bit on, in, into piracy. And that was the one theme of the whole, uh, expansion piracy and, and, uh, yeah, related topics, and um, the other story is about the Everest sector and the uh, system and the and the tide, which is this natural phenomenon that you will see. I, I'm not sure even if you, with ten hours in, if you have seen that yet. That's basically oh. the second story of the game. Um, have you have you arrived in the Everest system? And no, the, uh, sir. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I got to a point in the story, and then I'm like. Oh look, side missions, and that's all I've been doing since. So, because yeah. yeah, you you are you are probably in the beginning in the Everest system, but not in the uh, in the second where you where you see this natural phenomenon, the tide, which is also a reason for the name. And uh, well, yeah. So there's this the the two big storylines, and then um, of course there is a lot of new ships. Um, there is uh, several ships that are um, especially adding to this. Uh, uh, topic of um, recycling ships, with, uh, which is also available in the 5.0 update, but the expansion kind of adds on top of it. So that's that's one area. And of course, there are new sectors. Uh, the the ones where it's actually two big systems with with several sectors. Um, yeah, lots of uh, cool cool story assets and. Uh, yeah, weapons that everything that goes with the ships, of course. <laughs> now I have a technical question. Say someone bought the base game and just this expansion, would they would it play out normal? Like, could they still get the full experience if they didn't have? Like, do you need the other expansions to really appreciate this one, or can you just have? Like, do they all have to yeah. bolt together, or can they be like separate? No. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, self they can. That they definitely stand alone. I mean, uh, I mean, as, as in, uh, uh, you don't have to have the other two. Each of the three expansions is basically uh, possible to to add to the main game uh, individually. It's probably less. It, yeah, it's 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 a scenario we uh, we don't test an awful lot. But this is the whole design is 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 worked in a way that they shouldn't influence each other too much so there's the i mean the game is in 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 many ways already so complex with with its dynamic economy everything develops differently every time um so yeah just different different universes just add one little layer to that cake that makes it harder for us to test and uh, more interesting for the player <laughs> yeah i can i i mean how how much um how many people do you have like testing this? Cause there are so 
this is like the biggest moving clock. This is one of the biggest like clocks in space gaming with all these moving parts, you know, like, do you have dedicated testers or do you rely more on fans? Like, how does the testing work out for you guys? The dedicated testers are the fans. Yeah, we have a we have a an, an area of our website that we call DevNet, where we have uh, people that basically uh, sign up for a little bit of a kind of professional testing, where you, where they have to sign an NDA so they can get the game earlier, and also um, yeah. But but it's uh, this is where we have a, a larger pool, so we can actually scale this up. It usually starts with just a handful, and then we can scale this to a couple of dozen. Um, I don't know exactly how many. The problem is not so much one of quantity because even with with hundreds of testers, you wouldn't be really able to um, to completely foresee everything that happens every time we launch the game because the ma- the main complexity comes when people who have played hundreds, if not thousands, of hours already before with with or without the other expansions and with very different careers in mind, then at this DLC to their existing safe game and then play it with all kinds of different uh, starts. So that that actually makes it very hard. Obviously, we we got used to it by now. So we, we work <laughs> also with existing safe games that we got submitted from fans over the years. And um, but yeah, it's uh, it's fun. Yeah, I, can I? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to say, I, I wonder if you could program a giant hand in the game that could slap people like me up alongside the head that said if you don't know what you're doing choose to start when you're in jail because I can't through the first quest line and I said now what and I went out to your discord server and someone said it's a sandbox game do whatever you want I said I understand that I've started the game three times my favorite moment was when the xenons had buried the terrans and i said they had it coming and uh and yet someone finally said after that no go back and start over with the escape from prison and then i said this is so much fun all right i love the that start that's great and thank you for this is my See, I want to gush now and say I'm not worthy, but I just wanted to say I really wish somebody had said, you know, if you're a beginner to this expansion, you should start out with this one. Because once I did, whole different experience. Thank you. Yeah, I I mean, this is something we definitely want to encourage every time we uh, did. We tried to make a little bit of a push for this already with the with the last with the Terran DLC by. um, Yeah. I, I mentioned it many times also in interviews, but but we also made this uh, thing called the custom uh, game start so that um, players, because I, the main reason why people, of course, want to continue to build up on an existing safe game is, of course, that they achieved so much. They've invested hundreds of hours into a safe game, got rich, have a large fleet. But to a degree, this is, of course, also distracting from the, the beginner experience. So if we improve every time we improve the early phase of the game, the the exploration, the the experience you have the first time you step in a small ship and then an M ship, your first M ship, all of those moments that really make the game. Um, yeah, this uh, th- this is of course a little bit lost when you just build up with a, with an existing save game where you already have everything. So that that, that that these moments are just not so so valuable anymore. So what what we try to give those people 
a motivation to start again with this custom game start editor where they can have an, a non-modified non way of playing the game. So it's not like a cheat. It's still the, the game counts as not modified. But um, but you only can unlock a limited amount of stuff, but you can still choose what you want to unlock. For example, you can unlock uh, knowledge of the universe, so which sectors do you know? And also, um, yeah, uh, the money that you get, get or the ships that you already have or the blueprints that you already have, these are basically all um, different... Um, uh, different currencies that you spend and that you get when you play another safe game. So, um, yeah, this is this is something we pushed for with 4.0, and now with 5.0, it's still there, obviously. So, um, yeah, trying out different game starts is definitely something I would encourage. Yeah, they are. They really all. I, I've tried all of them at this point, and they really are all a lot of fun. And I, I, I love how you still weave that scientist in there into all of them. I love that guy. <laughs> that guy is great. Um, I, we have some questions from the chat. Uh, this is an interesting one. Is it true that the CETA concept was originally developed as a testing tool? No, not exactly. Of course, it was there as a testing tool as well. Um, but um, this is maybe a little bit based on the confusion that I have. I've mentioned that many times that when we test the economy, which is, of course, the most complex part of the game, uh, simulating how, how all the trading and um, building of when, when the, how the NPC part of the universe develops over a long period of time. It's, um, it's, best, to, it's best to do it in an accelerated manner because... You, yes, you, because you can have everything work at the beginning, but things start breaking over time and you want to try to control the rate at which things break. Yes, and we do this, and uh, but that is not CETA, actually. We do this with more powerful acceleration, uh, which, which doesn't have to accelerate also the first-person experience, the, the stuff that you see. So when, when we accelerate the economy, we can just simulate the... Um, so to speak, the out-of-sector experience, the stuff that goes on in the rest of the universe where you are not located. Um, but CETA, of course, uh, yeah, when we when we accelerate the game only through CETA, um, sometimes you see other other problems. So we use that as well. But that's not the primary reason. We we had this already in um, X Beyond the Frontier in the very first X part, and. Um, at the at the time, it was one of the most uh, essential upgrades because XP on the Frontier was the progress was much harder and much slower than than the later X games. So getting Zeta was very essential, <laughs> especially if you want, like I remember it having a very good autopilot, but one that took forever to get anywhere. Yeah, I don't know if it, if it was that good. I think that's uh, partially when you look back at old games that you haven't played in a long time. Sometimes it's uh, uh, historic. Uh, you know, there's a fog, <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> fog of war over your memory. But um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that that um, in terms of sophistication, the 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 new games are indeed better also with AI. But of course, the, it's also the the whole. Um, the universe gets so much more complex in, in X Beyond. There was, yeah, a, a station was basically a cube. It was, uh, and, the, and the universe was mostly empty. So uh, it was a lot easier for the AI to find paths through it. <laughs> Here we got more. Yeah, we have oh, good. One of the highways. Uh, okay, Jill. Go ahead. One of the things that was brought up in the stream chat, and it's since streamed by, and I don't want to let it pass, and that was, 
uh, the salvaging part of the game because I, I went through a gate and I saw the introduction to it and it went, I finally found the shipyard and I said, oh my God, 14 million. It's going to be a long time before I can afford that. So uh, I know it was brought up in the chat and c could you talk about that part of the game a little bit, please? You mean salvaging wrecks into and 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 recycling them? Yeah, that part of the whole game that because there's a, like a salvaging ship, and when mm -hmm. I went through a yes. gate, somebody was just saying, "Oh, look, I got the salvage. Now we're going to head back to the gate." How, how does that work? What is that? Well, there, there's uh, two two sides of it. Basically, you have um, the part that is that is available in 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 five point zero in general, so you don't even have to buy a Tides of Everest for it. Um, there, you already have a um, I, I don't know the exact name of it. You, you have basically a station uh, module that you can add to, to your own uh, factories, which is analog to a um, uh, uh, refinery for, for silicon or for ore. But the difference is that this one takes in the cubes of wrecks that you, man, that you bring there with, um, with a special ship. There is a uh, special... Um, tuck ship basically that can can tuck uh, uh, either wrecks of small SRM ships or cubes that were made from larger wrecks and um, the difference between having tides of Everest and not having tides of Everest in this case is that the ship that, uh, that there is a special ship a large ship that cuts uh, larger wrecks of stations and capital ships into smaller pieces and uh, basically poops out little cubes of metal like like on a on a junkyard and those you can also then pull with these ships over to um yeah to your melting place and then uh produce new um hull plating for example from that so it's it's a new uh at the bottom of the economy it basically competes with with ore refining and and silicon refining Wow. Uh, sh uh, Jacob, you were going to say something, I believe? Uh, not really. I kind of got lost in all that. <laughs> no worries. Uh, uh, we do have some more questions from the chat. The first one is... We have a lot of questions. We have a lot Good of questions great. from the chat. This is, this is marvelous. Thank you, everyone in the chat, for being so active and vocal. Uh, is there, have you guys ever considered an ex-mobile game? That's an interesting question. Yeah, definitely. We we have considered many things. We have considered going, uh, bringing the X Games to consoles. We have considered bringing it to mobile. We have we have looked at all kinds of things, and um, yeah, we we are we are looking into these things. But uh, there is only so much that makes sense, and uh, it's 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 one thing to have a cool idea and a very different one to have an actual product that works in the market. So um, yeah, I think the. X games in particular are part of what makes the brand is their complexity and their um, yeah this this uh, bottom up universe as we call it the fact that it uh, simulates the entire economy everything kind of grows from the bottom up um, yeah little trades uh, go into uh, what from one station to another and and the actual the whole economy is simulated all of those thousands of ships and of course um, that is something that doesn't work on every platform that was also part of the reason why we have where we always uh, whenever we have looked into it basically rejected the idea of a console version because at the time those those consoles were just not powerful enough um, mm. to especially with in terms of memory uh, we we have actually a memory problem simulating the whole universe 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine this working on a, even like a PlayStation 3, you know? So I, I totally get that. We actually have two questions talking about the same thing. Apparently, uh, people are saying that the Xenon, is, since the 5.0 patch, are very aggressive, people are saying. And they're wondering if you have any plans to balance or scale that back. I do not believe that the Xenon got more aggressive with the patch. I think this is mostly this these kind of reports always pop up whenever people start playing more again. And the reality is that it's just a very it's it's a bit of a luck, uh, a little bit, little bit of a gamble because sometimes how they behave can can uh, vary quite quite uh, significantly over over a little bit of time. Like uh, uh, the the whole universe, even though there is a lot of planned um, sector design in it, there is also this um, this level where where things are. Uh, depart very quickly when the game once once it is running uh, develops in into very different directions like the npcs build their own stations and the the xenon um when they do their invasions one time maybe they run against uh, a wall of another npc defending a sector and then basically get stuck there for a while so several hours the the xenon are not making much progress then suddenly they they come several sectors uh, forward the idea is that all of these these wars that happen in the universe are dynamic and they are not completely predictable either. So the experience can can vary quite a lot. Actually, from game start to game start, that's it has not so much to do with with the expansion. Although in the past we did, of course, also change the AI behavior, but I don't think uh, this is something uh, with five point zero. Okay. <laughs> it kind of it kind of makes sense. Like people come back and like, oh my god, these guys are so aggressive. <laughs> oh god, someone said X on Game Boy would be a stretch. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> even even that. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, that is not completely absurd. We have we have looked into something like that. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? what? Oh my god! I love the idea. You know, I mean, just having a universe in my pockets is such a is such a cool selling point. You know, like I can actually see carrying it around. That's also why I love the um, the Steam Deck so much. That's that's another way to do just that. And uh, yeah, it's just a very very attractive idea. I was about Please to ask on Switch. I was going to ask if you guys um, got it. Very, have you guys got it working on the Steam Deck? Yes, yeah. Steam Deck is uh, definitely supported. Yeah, we we uh, we actually did a lot of little. I mean, it's the Steam Deck doesn't even require us to do much. The game runs out of the box because we have a Linux uh, version of it anyway, and even the Windows version runs fine. So um, it the Steam Deck actually does a great job of of running um, most games. I would say I tried I tried my own library on it, and there was only one or two titles that didn't run. Um, but uh, of course, there is there is a difference between just running and making it run perfect. So we we try to um, do all kind of little polishing things, also for um, yeah, making the game shine on on the Steam Deck, and that's what we are still working on. Let's see more questions. Can- oh, go ahead, Julie. No, I just I wanted to say what I really appreciate about this game is I like obviously I like space games, or I wouldn't be on this show, but. 
there aren't a lot of space games, it seems to me, that aren't always combat-centric. I really like about the game that, one, you can concentrate on just the manufacturing and marketing, that it's so in-depth, and yet I have also never played a game that you can play like a tactical game, but then if you want and you feel like it, you can hop inside the cockpit of a spaceship and fly around. And I said, it's it's like a hybrid, and I've never experienced anything else like it, and I guess that's why I love the game so much. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to hear this from you. Actually, I mean, that that's the design philosophy, that we make a, a universe and we, we add to the universe all kinds of tools how, how to play it, but um, it's, it's in the end up to the user to decide how you play it. And there are definitely very very different types of, of X-players. Some that, uh, like you say, prefer completely to be left alone, don't not, not have any anything to do with the wars that are going on, and maybe profit from it financially by selling uh, weapons or something. But um, um, And others that just see the battle and, and want the first-person action. And the same uh, contrast is there between uh, yeah first-person and uh, strategic control over fleets or or building, for that matter, when you when you build stations. So there's there's lots of ways to play X, and lots of players have very different expectations and um, preferences when they come into the game. And we basically just want to make a a good compromise that works for everybody. That's not always possible, but we try our best. It, it will never be one of be- working better for some than for others. Like mm-hmm. when it comes to when it comes to X3, I came uh, when it comes to the game X4 especially, I came into the game hoping that the combat system would be like at least satisfactory to someone like me. The problem is satisfactory for someone like me is a uh, it's kind of a high bar in that uh well it, it is an extremely high bar having played the uh, the hell out of uh, Free Space 2, uh Wing Commander and uh all the other games from Rebel from Rebel Galaxy all the way through Independence War. I generally genuinely uh, like what like one thing: the fact that you can fly every ship from small fighters to uh, big supercarriers. But I also kind of ran into the wall that the big mm-hmm. ships you kind of just park them in a spot and let them do their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that is one issue I kind of ran into because. At some point, you at some point uh, in a big enough ship, you have to essentially get a fleet, and you kind of have to play the game like a like an RTS with slightly underwhelming personal AI. Well, yeah, if, of course, it makes it more sense to uh, let's say it like this: the the capital ships in general are more suited for the strategic type of player that that controls the game on the map and already has lots of ships and is managing an empire. And the uh, small S&M ships are, of course, the key assets for the first-person experience. And um, where you you have your personal perfect mix is is different from person to person but um it it i mean the experience that we can provide for the first person for capital ships is not so much anymore sitting in a pilot chair and holding 
you know, your, your joystick in one direction or, or, or shifting the mouse ten times, in a, 10 times in a row just to make this huge ship turn, you know. I mean, they are slow, at least they are slow in turning, not necessarily in flight speed. But, you know, I mean, this, this, is, this is, of course, not the perfect uh, flight experience. These ships, sometimes the first-person experience can be more like walking around on the bridge and going from the bridge over to the dock or to other rooms now. I mean, that's one of the things we added in, in, in 5.0 that that uh, capital ships also have other rooms and oh. um so so yeah the first person experience is 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 there but yeah it it definitely no. is an asset as uh, capital ships in general are assets that are more suited for this uh, strategic player that that That's controls them on the map fair and i guess there was the issue of me coming with the different expectations and also i will i will concede uh, I mostly played a lot of the game back when it first came out then uh mostly uh, just dropped it and then played like a couple hours of it recently when I got the key for the new expansion because I saw, oh, piracy is a thing now. The thing that, uh, the thing that might actually mix well when you're when you're being a combat uh, when you're a space game, like you can do combat and engage with the economy and not have to uh, separate the two more or less. Because mm-hmm. this is not like the game out of all the things is an economy simulator and it does have space combat, but it is not like a, like a Shadow Empire-esque or Panzer General-esque uh, logistics simulator. You do not have to sort out how to supply a fleet uh, with fuel and ammunition over thousands of light years and months of combat. Thank God. Because that is so beyond the scope of, a, like, even beyond the scope of this, even beyond the scope of deck uh, of the X-Series, it is undoable. The level of effort that would go into managing supplies on a war fleet. That probably wouldn't be fun either. That would like no. make that would make it like work. Okay, no, it would be fun for two people. I'm <laughs> uh, and, and that's the that's the thing. I mean, every every player has their own personal dream. You know, I mean, this is this is the thing with space games in general. I believe that that these the, the people that that love them most yeah. are people that dream of sci-fi. You know, and oh, uh, but they don't necessarily all dream of the same thing. Yeah, I mean, oh, there was the, the Star Trek people dream of different things than the Star Wars people, I guess. And, <laughs> and uh, this, in this case, it's it's probably more between between this this uh, what you played in your childhood. Like, was it was it more like a first person? Uh, uh, I don't know shooter or or yeah. Are you more like this this yeah. uh, st- strategic uh, third person? Uh, yeah, is that perspective yeah. more your your, your cup of tea? No game is perfect, or rather, no game is perfect for everyone. I am firmly believe that I am firmly believe that it is possible uh, to make a perfect game, but it is a perfect game for exactly one person. Uh, <laughs> and okay. it's easy. Good. It's easier for, for some games, of course. I mean, that's that's something that I always say to so to our team about the reviews on Steam. When I, I I'm really really happy with where we are now, with with uh, somewhere in the healthy upper seventies, like seventy. I don't know where we are at the moment. Seventy six. Yeah, but the point is, um, this is this is really very good for us because exactly of this problem, different people have very different expectations. Seventy five percent. Yeah. It's exactly it's really, uh, three and four. Yeah, and and uh, the thing is, um, if you make say a jump and run, and and then you make Mario World or something, then th- this is a one hundred percent game. You, this is a very good jump and run. So how how can anybody downvote it? You know, I mean, just just out of not liking Mario in general or something. If you yeah. have a game that does one thing and does it good, it typically yeah. works out. Yeah. 
exactly but but we have to make compromises and that's that's the nature of our business but we we try to do the best for for a very wide uh, for a very big amount of people but uh, of course it's it's it suits some people better than others that's that's of course always the nature of course it also involves a lot of experimenting which mm-hmm. for being uh, uh, making compromises it does very very good uh, compared to other games i really i agree can't, can't oh yeah it. And like, this, inevitably, you wind up having to, uh, because I want to finish my fo- the thought, sorry, Brian. You inevitably wind up having to experiment with these kinds of games, and experiments don't always work out. Like, uh, uh, like uh, hopefully, no offense taken, whatever happened with, like, not like, with the, what was the one? The X game that was, like, odd? You, How do I put this? You mean X Rebirth, I guess. Yes, X Rebirth. That one. Yeah. It was odd, yeah. It, it is the game that we made between X3 series, the whole series, and X4. And it was, um, yeah, it is, it, when, when uh, I mean, there are multiple things that went wrong. One, one thing was also that it had a lot of bugs when it came out because it was so much stuff was new. It was basically a milestone for us on the way to X4 because it was new technology, new universe development, new... Yeah. Uh, new everything so this is this, of course always dangerous and when the game comes out you tend to have more bugs than if you have it already going on for 10 years and this basically- was egosoft's mm-hmm. big experiment and big experiments either do or don't work out it's 50 50 no 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 i mean i wasn't finished i mean the, the other side of it is also that when it when we made it we we basically said from the start that it that it is different from that's also the reason why there is no no number on it that it is that it is uh, x rebirth and not x4 rebirth you know um we we wanted to make clear that it is not uh, basically just adding to the universe like we normally do when we um between x2 and x3 and x4 you can you can bet that in general we add features we add to the universe experience and so on and um that's uh, and that is <laughs> Next to the fact that we have to find all of those compromises, like I said, it is also just super, super development intensive, and that and, and double, doubly so when you when you move from one when you basically drop all of your technology and develop everything newly from scratch. It, it basically took us uh, well, from I, I think two thousand seven to two thousand fourteen, seven years of development for a company like ours, this was crazy long. It much, much longer than we expected. Yeah. And it's, we uh... have, yeah. And, and that was the cut down version. It was X Rebirth. So we we promoted it as a as a different game, as a game where you only fly one ship. That that is the main thing, right? You couldn't fly every ship. You couldn't uh, yeah, you couldn't. Uh, you could own a lot of stuff. You could still build stations. So a lot of the features were still there. But the one key difference was that you always fly one ship, and that one ship was like the uh, jack of all trades, right? That that's the other thing that that is uh, unique in, in in that game. So yeah, it is it is a bit more a game for a very specific audience, and not the compromise that we try to do for the whole audience. But then people still see, oh, it's an Egosoft game. So yeah, let's buy it and uh, coming in with wrong expectations. And that's probably what broke the game's neck more than um, the fact that it had some bugs. It's uh, the expectations again. Oh, absolutely. 
And Don just brought up a point that I'd like to also voice here, and that is I really always appreciated the lore behind the game. Uh, and that's it, it's, and I don't know if there are X books out there, but there probably should mm-hmm. be. Oh, and okay. uh, I've always appreciated that part of the game. Oh, you should know them. Uh, you, you seriously, you, you are asking that question seriously. There are books. Yes, see, I didn't know, and I'm glad I asked. Yeah, <laughs> I had to ask me. <laughs> I can. There are I, I, books out there. Yes, and uh, there, there's actually a whole series. The first one was called Farnham's Legend and was already written between X Beyond the Frontier and the first extension called Extension because it was bundled with this extension as as uh, in the first printed version here, at least in Germany. This was originally only written in German, but by now there are translations of at least three of those books and even available as ebook on Amazon. <laughs> and, and I think they are also uh, included in the collector's edition or something as a PDF version, I, I, I believe. But anyway, there are English versions of at least three of those books and they are... Um, and it, it, the, the funny thing is that the author, it's always written by the same author, Helge Kautz, who uh, uh, works works closely with us. So it's not just um, some, some external guy who writes a book in the same setting and has, has nothing to do with the game. Actually, we work with him now for, for over 20 years already. And he, um, yeah, his ideas... Of course, when you write a book, you go much deeper into the lore and into the fiction than when you make a game. It or you you focus much more on characters and 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 also yeah. He he's a real fan of 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 hard science fiction. So there's a lot of deeper aspects than a game can normally transport. So kind of with, guy. <laughs> in the later games now, especially in X Four, we try to bring in more of that not in the fact not in the way that you know it it is part of a plot and now you find out because these things all have happened already in the past of x4 but that you find little pieces of it like like pieces of a puzzle uh, as as memories of the past so there are uh, these data vaults data vaults that uh, you can find in the x4 universe actually uh, have videos that show you uh, things, many of which have happened in the books or were described in the books, were referenced there. There's even an encyclopedia which which kind of wraps it all together, the, the facts from the game and from the books. I want to continue on Helge Kautz uh, for a moment uh, because I know there was a book planned for uh, X Rebirth, but that mm-hmm. never uh, never was published. Um, yep. Do you know? Do you know anything more about uh, that? Yeah, it, it unfortunately didn't happen at the time for multiple complicated reasons. But um, it is uh, Helge is uh, still working with us. We just had a meeting last That's week again, That's and good. and and he uh, um, he is also I think interested in in continue writing a book. Maybe not not in the immediate future, but uh, he works with us on 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 the games, and he also says he wants to work on a book eventually again he has other projects as well he works also on these these epic uh rock opera thing which which is also based on uh, finance legend or on, on on his original book and uh, at least yeah so so he's a very creative guy and uh yeah he, he wants to do more yeah great great news thank you well we have a lot more questions in the chat let me start trying to hit him up uh, someone said, like, 
Someone's asking about optimization for the game because they have a 1900 hour save apparently. Hmm. And they said, mm-hmm. uh, the game really gets to lag when there are hundreds of ships around like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that probably sounds like a common issue you run into, right? <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we try to optimize these kind of extreme situations, but of course, at some point it is impossible. I mean, it's, it's just the, it's, it's on the one hand, it is all, you have to always see two, two sides to these optimization problems. The one is what you see on the screen. That's the stuff that people normally know. I, Right. I mean, when there's a lot of stuff going on around you, then the game gets potentially slower. And but the problem is most most uh, most of the time people just look at the graphic cards and think it's only the graphic that is eating the performance, because that's true for 90 percent of the games. And in most of the time, it's the effects and the shaders and the way you, you draw everything on screen, which eats most of the performance. That's that can also be true in X4, uh, especially when you uh, crank up all of the shader settings. There's lots of uh, settings, and if you have a very fancy graphic card, you can definitely do that. And actually, also, even with a very fancy graphic card, get the game to slow down because of that. So uh, this is also uh, a fallacy that you you shouldn't necessarily, just because you have a 3090, um, set everything to maximum just because you... You may find that, especially in a in a sector with a very dense fog, even then you slow down. But much more likely than that in, in X4... Indeed, especially when you have a safe game with 1900 hours uh, behind it, that, uh, uh, that it can be the rest of the universe, a simulation, like stuff that is not happening immediately around you that eats more and more performance. Because, like, uh, um, yeah. So, one of the big killers I know of performance is pathfinding and all that entails. And if you have a lot of things pathfinding at once, you can have, you can have a lot of things being, like, tracked simultaneously yeah. and, like, on the same tick. And when, if you have multiple things happening on the same tick, yeah. And then uh, yeah. everything racks up. That's true, especially for what we call yeah the the stuff that happens around you in in your in your sector. There, the the pathfinding is is very computationally intensive, uh, even for simple things like bullets and but but especially uh, for 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 the ships and and so on when when they fly around complex geometries or through through asteroid fields and so on. So that so that all adds up. But um, the part that happens. Um, for all the objects of the universe like and then we are talking not a few hundred or even not just a a thousand or so many many thousand ships are flying through the universe trading for those it's not pathfinding because of course that that then the game would be totally slow all the time these these are optimized in a way that they uh, eat very little cpu time most of the time but it's just the amounts get crazy especially when people play for 1900 hours and completely put the economy on the top of its head like and that's the thing you know that that's the price for the freedom you have in the game you can potentially double, triple, tenfold the number of ships in the universe if you build so many stations yourself. Or um, we, we we have effectively no upper limit to anything but performance. So um, that's another reason to encourage people to start over at some point. Uh, so I really suggest you look into the custom game start. You, you because of your if you if you achieved this nineteen hundred hour save game without cheating. You have unlocked a lot of points that you can now put into a custom game start. Start from scratch again and and enjoy the beginning, but with a couple of billion credits on your account, potentially. 
not a couple. I, oh. I think there's a there's an upper limit. It's not a couple of billion. But so, so wait, I've never done a custom game start. You if you can unlock things for a custom game start based on how you play. Yes, you you if you have uh, an unmodified so without cheating um, safe game like this guy with 1900 hours, you achieved everything that there is to achieve in every area of the game. Like like you have. You have uncovered your person by, by personally visiting many, many uh, systems, not necessarily all, but you, you gain points, go points that are persistent outside of your safe game. They are stored elsewhere. And, and these points you can then invest into a new game start. That's the custom game start unmodified editor you can also make a modified version then then it's basically cheating then you can just make anything then you can also make yourself infinitely rich get immediately from the beginning of the game this is basically like the creative mode in minecraft that's basically the inspiration of this right you 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 can do that if you want but then ah then the fun is gone right but here you have the the achievements from your safe game basically unlock um, an easier entrance into a completely new game, but it's still a completely new game. But every every area where you collect those points has a top limit. Like for exploration, you have a maximum number of points. For the total amount of money that you can get, there is a maximum number of points. For the number of blueprints that you have unlocked, so there's uh, for the number of uh, story missions and and plot that you have played. So each of those things gives you um, yeah points that you can invest. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, uh, we have more questions from the chat. I don't fully understand this one, but it is... Um, when will space stop being static, Yevin asks. When will the oh. factions start interacting more actively and fighting amongst themselves? Don't they already Ooh. do? I thought oh, they did yeah, already. I think... Yeah, they do, definitely. I mean, it's... it's there are there are limits to everything, so we we do try to keep um, these wars in in boundaries, so that not uh, all hell breaks loose uh, all the time. But um, they they definitely take over sectors, systems. Uh, it, I mean, we have we see this is if this is a good example of those compromises I was mentioning because uh, this guy maybe I don't know if 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 we understand him right, but maybe he is asking here for more more dynamic uh, uh, development and and then there are the other people that don't want the xenon to uh, to be so powerful so this is one of those many wars that are going on in the universe of course there's what he probably means are more the faction faction wars not the xenon are a little bit of an exception because they are always the antagonist but but uh, they it's a it's a war like all the others as well they 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 rage back and forth they invade sectors uh, they have faces sometimes they build up their own uh, they they uh, use their economy to collect uh, uh, power and and build up a fleet and then at, uh, when they think they are strong enough basically they start an attack on their enemy like the Perinid. Uh, uh they for example they have these uh, two uh, opposing factions religious factions that that uh, uh, yeah don't like each other so this this war can go back and forth between these two sides and. And the same is true with all the others, which eat, by the way, also performance. So back to this topic. <laughs> um, Sabrina Hexi asks, is it possible to be able to land on colonized planets in the future? Not like directly through the atmosphere, maybe, but like specific points, like through freelancer, like how freelancer did it. <laughs> 
You probably get asked this quite a bit about planets. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this this is always one the, the the running gag in our company from from day one, basically from X Beyond the Frontier on. People were already asking for um, the ability to land on planets and and build on planets and so on. And we um, we always considered it, but we also considered it crazy because when you want to do that, you want to do it properly, like properly, properly with with really flying through the atmosphere, having a, an engine that can generate a surface of the planet that is really worth a surface and not just you know a boring desert and then there is only one city or one one installation or something like that so the in a single player game that's increasingly crazy right i mean it's already crazy what we are doing now for a single player game um i mean single player we can talk about that in a different uh <laughs> i guess in a different podcast you know we also do it a little bit moving a little bit to the multiplayer direction with with some experiments but it is at, at its core it is a single player game the, the the game we are talking about now so um and uh yeah you are simulating this whole universe all the time you you have all of those things and now you also want to have surfaces of planets which are realistically big and and um yeah this is just very expensive in every regard for us development effort wise but also um uh, performance wise and 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 so on so no we haven't got to do that People say like in Freelancer, in Freelancer, planets are basically stations with us with a pretty background, similar to mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what's it called? That's a good point. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Yeah, it's exactly. The one thing that they kind of cheaped out on. Mm-hmm. Now I don't dislike that as an idea, but it is a inherently a cop out because of it. Yeah, it's 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 a compromise. Of course, you can do that, but uh, I mean that's in a way we have something very cheap in 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 that direction there is terraforming uh, that 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 also came with the terran uh, expansion where um, players uh, can terraform planets as a very end game feature and at the very end of terraforming usually there are these reward ceremonies or videos that you get and they show you a little bit of a perspective of that terraformed planet so like like the the outcome of your efforts, but that's for a very end game thing. And it is only a video, of course, but it gives you the, the impression, the vision of how this planet can look like. Clearly that's not what, what they want. They want in the best case to be able to fly and stand and drive a car. And so on. (laughs) Don't want elite dangerous where there's bugger and all on the planet. (laughs) Don't mention. Yeah, let's not chat. Chat mentioned it. Chat mentioned (laughs) it first. (laughs) <laughs> I have more of a, a technical question here because okay. we brought up earlier and uh, I understand like it's like trying to drive a Mack truck between in the in through the eye of a needle trying to put X4 on anything other than a PC. But how difficult would it be to port some of the early X games onto something like a switch? What's the difficulty involved with something like that? I'm sure one of the earliest and earlier games it would be possible. The switches, uh, I mean, this is the thing. It's always just the technology from the current generation that you look at, right? And and when we were looking at consoles, it was always the current generation compared to the current generation PC. And 
in the past at least, the current generation PC was always significantly more powerful. So that's what we develop for. And then we think, okay, maybe we can bring it over to console and then decide, nah, it's nah, it would be just uh, very, we would have to cut. Yeah. And that's what we didn't want to do. So um, this, this might be changing actually with the latest generation because now PCs and consoles, the very latest generation are very close together. Um, also in terms of memory, which was, as I said, the most uh, lacking area for us always, uh, the amount of physical RAM memory, not, not storage, you know, um, in, in <laughs> RAM. And, um, but uh, the Switch is, of course, a different leak. It would nev never work with X4, but some older games, sure, that would be possible. It, it, then the other issue with the older games is the user interface. With X4, we've designed the game already to work with things like a console. Like that's why it works very nicely on the Steam Deck, which is which has all kinds of inputs. It's also comparable to, to the Switch in, in, in that regard. So maybe maybe even some of the older games would work nicely, but it works perfect with X4 because X4 also works nicely with a with a gamepad. And, and you have very different uh, methods of control that all work together. Like um, you can switch between the gamepad and the mouse control, uh, for example. And on the Steam Deck, that is analog to just, uh, you know, if you hold it on the side and you use it like a gamepad and then it, the game switches to gamepad mode. And when you then move, put your finger on the screen in the middle uh, to, for example, for um, menu input, then it works like a mouse pointer and you can use it like a touch screen. So, and, and then you also have these, these mouse simulate, simulator things in addition. So it's, it's, it's a really powerful device. Um, Switch would be, yeah, if you do the same with, with an, say, X2 or X3, I don't know, um, these games were not so well designed yet for gamepad. Uh, so just porting the old game would probably not work. And yeah. That's well, a challenge. it's kind of a shame because, you know, I, I bring it up because a lot of in the Steam, not the Steam community, in the Switch community, there's kind of a new popularity with some of the old retro games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's sure, I mean, just porting the old game and, and having it run there is maybe relatively easy. Um but I'm not sure that there the, the biggest issue would probably be the graphic engine. Um, and the older X games were running on DirectX. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are other companies, many companies have, have done that, porting DirectX, older DirectX titles to the Switch. So I haven't really researched that. But um, yeah, with, with uh, the UI and, and controls, that's a very different issue. That requires our whole team that requires uh, us to actually work with, with the whole team on it. And that's uh, then immediately a lot more expensive. And then I'm not sure if, if, if we can actually get that back from, from a version on, on the switch. Oof, well, we have another question. Uh, I'm not sure if I fully understand this one. Uh, any chances of giving other races an Asgard type ship or giving them an experimental sin type like ship S Y N. I'm, I'm not quite sure what that means. Oh, uh, I, I think these are uh, Terran ships from the Darren, uh, Terran um, expansion. Um, they are extremely powerful. The Terrans in general are very powerful. And um, they have yeah, advantages and disadvantages. The point is not that every race is the same, right? You don't... Uh, we want to have some... Um, 
diversity between where they have their individual strength. Like the the split chips are very uh, are very good at, at at quick attack, but sometimes weaker in their shielding. Um, the Terran ships are also um, have very strong weapons, but uh, produce the, because the the explanation there is that they actually produce more heat than the others. So. They have a downside that they are um, not compatible with all weapon systems and so on. So there's there's uh, yeah there's a complicated balancing behind it and and just getting uh, one one ship from one race into another race and then having the same one there just for the sake of the look wouldn't really make sense. No. Okay, let's see. Uh, next question from Hiztar. Is there a plan to add private organizations that would not expand as nations, but more like OTAS, John, Furco, TerraCorp, with their own objectives and and so on? Um, well, to a small degree, we we already have that. I mean, the X Four universe, I think, in the way it is now, is in in in, in its polit the political state of it is already very complex. Just just finding all the organizations quote-unquote organizations all the factions uh, uh which are, uh, some of them are very small we we have some uh new piracy organizations and also uh, uh yeah sub factions uh like like with the teladi the ministry ministry of finance so um yeah we had a little bit more this this kind of the 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 law explanation of more private organizations i think that's what what uh, he means uh in in x rebirth where there was uh this 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 but that was because of the background fiction of what has happened there because of the gate shutdown and um then yeah this evil corporation um uh, yeah taking over the government function basically and and doing everything just to maximize profit and so on so that was part of the part of the whole story of the of this game um so i don't think it would really be good for for x4 now to just add more because it's already so so much just just exploring the whole universe getting to learn all of the factions at the moment takes a significant amount of time yeah i'm I'm like I said, ten hours into the start, and I've only played the game for four. I only for forty hours, <laughs> and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface of what this universe has to offer. Uh, it's just <clears throat> so massive, but I'm having a great time. And we have let's see another question from Looney. Uh, can I? Can you ask if there are plans to make rooms they added for capital ships more useful? For example, giving you the ability to capture people during boarding that show up like in a prison room, for example. Yeah, there are always really cool ideas. What what we could do? Um, I don't think that will happen in the in the near future. The, the The main purpose for these for these rooms is also at the moment, at least, um, for for missions. So that can missions can actually make use of them. So uh, that's that's what we do in the plot. And uh, um, there there's also some some generic missions that can make use of that. Um, but uh, yeah, there's lots of cool ideas. We there's also of course the manager office. I don't know if you guys know that already. The uh, the new new special office in the headquarter where you can actually sit down and and accelerate time while you sit in your in your own office in the in the headquarter. Um, <laughs> this is something that that uh, fans were asking for, and and so this is one of those functions you can add to a room. Um, we have 
uh, yeah, we have many ideas what what is possible, but I I don't think that's that would be in the scope of of just a small update to to X4 because or small update to an update to of X4 because uh, it's uh, it it becomes increasingly harder with with uh, uh, adding adding more complex features due to the safe game compatibility and all of that. It's especially with the rooms. I could tell you stories how how that actually backfired during the development of. Of oh, the um, please. Of plot. Please, please. What, what happened? <laughs> no, no. It's 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 just sometimes like like I when I was playing the plot, there were um, there were just problems uh, that that uh, the plot where wherever it was making use of rooms um, got got stuck every time because uh, new assets were being added to the game on a daily basis. And when you then this is this is of course normal in the beta phase, but. Uh, uh, this this meant uh, several times that I got stuck in the plot later because these rooms that uh, the cutscene was or where a certain meeting, an important meeting was supposed to happen, were just not in my version of the game yet because I started earlier. You know, my my way of testing <laughs> the game is always like you. I start from scratch. I want to get the the new experience right from scratch, and then um, yeah, you you run into the problem that it takes weeks at the very least to get to some of the later points in the game you have to get rich enough and i don't want to cheat either so i'm really playing for several weeks in a row economically trying to get rich again and all the while reporting bugs but those weeks in the meantime people were adding new assets to the game and those new assets then create problems and that's exactly this kind of stuff gets really nasty when you when you do a game over four years and, and and you have to make it safe game compatible for the released versions we always make stuff safe game compatible so that that's actually a, a huge task and and costs us a lot of time so we for all released versions of the game we always have to make backwards checks with um with every possible um yeah, released version like 4.0, 3.0, also the the public available 3.1, whatever. But just with internal betas, we don't have to do that. And then development goes a lot faster, but it also means, yeah, I have to start over with the plot. <laughs> I wanted to say uh, first, thank you for putting pirates in the game. But the downside is the game has already absorbed 923 hours of my life. And now that's likely to double. But one of the things I've seen the modding community do that I really liked, and that is add more types of NPCs to station. It kind of brings it to life. And is there any chance you might do that in the future? Well, I mean, the the expansions bring new NPC types to the game. So um, I, I, I think we... We really um, increase the quality of the NPCs with every expansion. Um, this was one of the, in, in, with the original release of X4, one of the bigger complaints that our, we were not so good at with characters. You have to just say that visually. And so we uh, we invested quite a bit in there and and, and got better with, with the new expansions. But of course, um, we cannot simply replace all of the old characters with new ones immediately. That's again one of those problems where backwards compatibility sometimes bites us a little bit. So you can see sometimes that characters in the new areas um, look quite different from older areas uh, just because they're yeah they're the way they distribute but um but yeah um we 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 are adding all the time so and we also mixing all the time the the the, the type of spawned npcs on stations 
Um, there's one thing that uh, regularly comes up in the chat, and that is the uh, the question about the uh, the born race. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, I wondered uh, I wondered a bit uh, about that uh, myself. Uh, do you have any plans in the future to uh, reintroduce reintroduce them? Uh, we look into it. We we definitely have plans to do something with them. That's for sure. We have we definitely have plans to do something with them. That that is for sure. Um, but uh, it's uh, we we cannot talk about concrete things yet. Okay, thank you. Yeah, a lot of people, tons and tons of people are asking what's what's next, and uh, whoever EgoSoft official is in the chat is like, we can't talk about that yet, y'all. We can't talk about that yet. So. <laughs> Uh, so just FYI, friends, uh, we can't talk. Apparently, we can't talk about what's coming next. Apparently, stuff is coming next. We just can't talk about it. We do have other questions <laughs> in the chat. Um, can we get board? Uh, old man Gib asks, "Can we get boarding combat sounds back like in X three, uh, the Terran X three thing?" Apparently, is that was oh, that just the sounds? Just the sounds, apparently. But they're voice recordings for it, um, so so people do, you do hear people uh, during during the boarding, or what does he mean? I don't know. I, I I'm just I'm just trying. I'm I mean, just, I'm just trying to ask the boarding. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe I can describe what it is. I mean, in in X four when you do boarding, there is this mini game you could say where you, where it's a little bit tactical. You you plan the boarding operation beforehand in a, in a little table overview where you see your power and the opponent power as much as you know about it. So um, uh, this is this is basically like a point system. You have to have marines on your ship or ships. You can actually have them on multiple ships. So if they are in a fleet, they, they can be actually marines on multiple ships. And then um, you give... You, you see the strength of your Marines accumulated. Marines have experience. They get better over time um, and, and uh, go through three tiers up to the tier veteran where they are much, much stronger. And in one single individual uh, Marine is then much stronger than, than a beginner. And, um, and then you, um, you see the defense strength of the opponent ship after you have scanned it. And... Um, and then you see three phases, which you can initiate individually. And um, for every, uh, like the, the first phase is where you launch pots from your ship to uh, to the to the opponent ship. And before that, you even um, try to destroy some of the defense mechanisms so that the pots with with your marines that go over to the other ship actually have a larger chance of survival. So that's what it estimates as your chance of your marines actually arriving on the opponent ship. And then once they arrive on the hull, you actually should hear them and they cut through the hull and they try to get in. And again, you can do some some things to increase the chance of that being successful. And then in the last phase, when they are through the hull and they breached the, the, the capital ship hull, they fight in on the inside against the remaining defenders, so to speak. And um, and again, you, you should hear them and in the end, hopefully hear that they, they succeeded and then the ship is yours. Right, but I think what people are saying is that there were more sound effects associated with boarding in X3 and now it's a lot quieter like there's a lot there's people are saying it's silent when you board other ships uh, so they want they want more pew pew 
Apparently, I think that's what they're saying. Wow. <laughs> I think okay. that's what they're saying. Maybe, maybe, maybe I will get a microphone and record a couple of pew pews. And, and <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, um, sure. There's there's so many things we could improve. Uh, I I will uh, I will talk about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zloth asks, "What kind of things go into when you're deciding to make? What kind of things do you think about when you're deciding to make a new DLC or even a new game? Like, what kind of things are like on your wish list? I guess what they're asking." My personal wish list. Oh, I just, I mean, <laughs> this is always a mixture of, of uh, cool assets, like mostly cool ships, cool stations, cool planet looks. And, and uh, uh, of course also the systems that, that you create with them. So that's the environment art, everything um, that's, that's like the world that you are buying. It's, it's a mixture of, of, of that setting and, and the ships in it. More and more, the people are judging it by the ships, and I'm always wondering um, how um, how much people are are just buying an expansion based on the ships, and how much they are buying it based on the story and 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 the sectors. Because, yeah, apparently some other sci-fi games are very successful just selling ships alone. So I was <clears> I was <throat> thinking maybe <laughs> maybe we should, should we should also do that. Oh, which one could that be? <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I just hear you, 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 you can make some money with that. So we are this close to bingo. We are this close to bingo. <laughs> Star oh, Citizen uh, sucks. E X Four is better. There, I said it. Fine. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, 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 wow. Wow. No, 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 no. I mean, wow, I, I'm was very, very bold. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, Star Citizen is, is, is certainly uh, very impressive asset-wise, and uh, I cannot judge the game very much. I haven't really very diplomatic. Very diplomatic answer. Good job. Very diplomatic. no. It, it's, it's a true answer. I've, uh, my my son bought it. I uh, looked him over the shoulder a few times, um, but he he uh, he did not do the mistake of of uh, spending a lot of money for for many ships. He he just has the the normal package with one ship, or yeah, I think it's one ship. I think he stole the ship <laughs> one time, and he was telling me excitedly about it. But um, yeah, it's 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 beautiful to watch. But of course, for, from from our perspective, it is mostly also interesting that that people are willing to spend a lot of money on ships, uh, and and we are working on this whole thing, like the story, the universe, and the ships. And um, it it in the end, it should be a healthy mixture of it all. I guess that answers the question. Uh, David asks uh, if there will be any chance of a specific, like a lot of these space games have a mission computer where you go to the station, you ask a mission. It's a lot different than the X games. Would there be any kind of possibility to like add a mission computer at a station where you can go get a list of missions rather than, I mean, I, I get why you do why you do it, but, but I do prefer the, like go to the station and get the mission computer and blah, blah, blah. That's how I prefer it. But uh, mm. so he's wondering I mean, if there's a good. Yeah, there are multiple methods of getting missions in X4 already, and the um, the, uh, the the method of getting missions on on stations is by talking to NPCs. There are actually some NPCs. It's and you, sometimes you can actually tell by their reaction that uh, some NPCs have have a mission offer for you. So we are talking about generic missions here, obviously not not the plot, not the uh, the main storyline, but but just you know the little the little things like go kill this guy for me or transport some wares or I have a problem, blah blah blah. Um, this is uh, there are at least three diff very different ways of getting such missions in in X four. One one is like I say talking to people sometimes. Uh, the other is. Um, 
in in uh, in while you fly around you have um a um a tab on your on your map where you can also see which which missions are offered kind of like broadcast to the area that's like what we call a bbs because we literally had this bbs system in previous games which which just listed lots of missions so we we scaled that down so that it's not this you know this sheer quantity that you that you see like 20 mm. 30 missions and at every time and then just choose from those but when you fly around there is always a good chance that you see a few of such missions in your vicinity but of course those are the those missions are the ones that pay least because they are the ones that are broadcast most, right? This is like the newspaper that you open and it says something. So this is not the, the hey, I have a secret for you kind of uh, very, very unique mission. The third one is is the ones that you find with signal leaks on stations when you scan stations. So you, sometimes you, you find these illegal things. It's like people on the station who are, yeah, kind of making a little... Uh, uh, a transponder on the station and and look for an illegal uh, activity. Uh, they want somebody killed or they want to uh, smuggle illegal wares somewhere. And these kind of missions pay more, of course, but they are also a little bit harder to find. So three three types of uh, ways to to get missions. And right, I'm just not. That's enough. I'm just not used to it because. Your game, I think, is the only way that game that does it this way, and so I'm just not mm -hmm. used to it. But I'm getting used to it because I'm playing more now. Um, and I'm really, actually, I, I'm really liking it. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, actually, is that something I like very much about the game? Uh, it's unique in 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 its form, uh, especially regarding all uh, space games in in, in that regard. Um, and I like the current methods much more than a standard mission computer, to be honest. Yeah, I'm Thank getting you. used to it. I'm getting used to it, and uh, I, I will admit I've added a mod that adds more missions and whatnot for each sector because I just love love missions. I will admit that, but I'm still I still just love getting random missions to repair this and go take out that lockbox and whatnot. I'm just I just love all the random fun little things to do. Just give me a task list of things to do, and I just love finding things to do and just doing them. It's mm -hmm. great. Um, but I bet you would find without without the mod if you if you give it a little bit more time and especially when you when you coast around the universe a little bit and just have an eye on this um, on the map and this in particular this step where you where you see mission offers that you will find uh, missions there also without this mod uh, enough. Oh usually. no, I was finding. Sorry, I was finding plenty. With with the mm. with the uh, without the mod, but I just I'd like more. You know what I'm saying? So I just this okay. this just adds more. So I just like ooh, ooh, give me 18 missions. Okay. I just love having a huge list of things to do, and it's going. I okay. want to do that right now. Uh, so this just adds more stuff. But I was finding a lot okay. of good missions. Like I love. Yeah, someone just said give that man some satellites to repair. I got to admit, I love getting in my AVA suit, going out and repairing things. I love it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish more games sure. let me do stuff like that. I love it. <laughs> Give me more stuff to fix. I love it. Um, so, Je uh, I hope I'm saying this right. Jelly, J-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E, where did the original idea for the X-Universe come from? Oof. That's a big question. Um, <laughs> it's probably... It, it, it's cooked over many years, I think. We... Uh, there were multiple influences, and uh, I think we we worked on on space games in general with with multiple uh, test projects long before X Beyond the Frontier came out. 
And um, it there were weird, weird. Uh, there was a weird little project for the Amiga, like already in the mid '90s, early '90s. Actually, we our company was originally working on on the Amiga, uh, mostly, and uh, we didn't like the PC oh, wow. because wow. this was before Windows. Yeah, this. Uh, <laughs> we, but then actually, what what made what made us switch over and and win us over to the to the PC gaming were the 3D accelerators. I I, I was uh, I, I can remember when. I was first in um, on, a, on a developer conference where they where they introduced the the, the predecessor of the DirectX API and and how they wanted to unify this and this is I I saw this as a huge chance to basically bring the ideas we had with space games from the past actually into into a new into a new hull and um, yeah there was another project that also still on the Amiga we did uh, this very early concept space game. Um, with a uh, with with a VR headset, a VR headset in the '90s for the Amiga, and oh um, god, yeah, what? Uh, so so some of the some of the names of the races and some of the ideas for for this universe were already born there. So, but but it wasn't called X, and it was uh, it was just a couple of bits and pieces, and then later it uh, yeah we we it's it's an incremental thing. Like when we were seriously working on on X Beyond the Frontier, and it already had the name. We then um, also worked with different uh, uh, people that helped us with with the story and, and and the lore, and then Helge joined us and and wrote the book. So it's it's it goes back and forth. Different people have have influence. So it's it's definitely not like this one meeting where you just come out and you have the idea for the whole thing. <laughs> I have one quick question, and this mm-hmm. is just because I want to know, and it's about gameplay, and it's where I got stuck. I, I had a great deal of fun when I started over as the escape from prison. But when I started out as the smuggler, is there some place when you start out as the smuggler and you drop your goods off at the casino, is there some place where the two mission lines intersect? The casino is already the second mission line, I think. Uh, when you when you uh, reach the this is uh, the 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 casino is already after the moment where you find this uh, Teladi with his uh, broken uh, ship, right? And you save him and you bring him over to to uh, uh, to, to 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 save him, isn't it? The, See, uh, that's the thing is, I never, I, I never got to uh, a Teladi in a broken ship. I guess that's what I'm looking for then. Oh, okay. Then maybe I'm spoiling. Spoiler, spoiler. No, I mean, I mean it's just, just. Uh, I was screaming at my computer. <laughs> no, there are multiple storylines. Anyway, I mean, the thing is, now you are starting from scratch again. But um, this is this is what makes this whole thing uh, so complex. Is that, of course, uh, when you have all the DLCs active, all the expansions active, then you also can play all the other storylines. So you just have to occasionally look at the mission offers. And um, you there are, I, I believe, three sections. The one that we just talked about was, was with the generic missions, where you usually see something is mostly very local. So you just, uh, it just it shows you what what you fly past. So it, it changes quickly when you when you fly. But there is also the main 
plot missions, the more important missions that are listed at the top. And uh, if uh, occasionally you should just look there and accept them if there is something that you haven't accepted yet. And then maybe if you set those to to be active, then you also get guidance to uh, to different different things. Of course, you can play multiple plots at the same time. Sometimes that actually saves you time, like flying back and forth. I, I, I that's one of the things I did last time. I I started from scratch, actually playing as many of the core storylines in parallel as possible <laughs> also as a way to potentially find bugs but yeah that's uh, oh, it's, a... I, it works well <laughs> it works well surprisingly well actually that's great okay uh this is a technical question when is amd fsr 2.0 coming in x4 to supersede 1.0 that sounds very technical i'm not even sure what that means it is <laughs> yeah it's a it's a uh, technology to improve um, rendering uh, quality, especially uh, the resolution of it. Uh, if you have, if your graphic card cannot uh, natively render to the screen resolution, or it allows you to to have a larger screen resolution than you otherwise would be able to, um, it's basically upscaling uh, the FSR 1.0 that we support. Um, and um, it's it's quite cool already. It's a, f- a new feature that we, uh, I think, introduced now also with 5.0. It works with all graphic cards, not just with AMD graphic cards. And um, if you think your graphic card is your limiting factor for the, for the settings you have, this is something you should activate to... Um, to get a good compromise so you can you can actually render in 4k for example and uh, internally it doesn't use all the memory that you would need to run natively in 4k and uh, 2.0 is is uh, an even better version of that it's it, uh, i think it works with deep deep learning and um i don't know i don't know if we will support it um this is complex question to answer i cannot say that now there uh, a, a few people asked this, but the first one was Romich. Uh, will games be added to the casino? We, I wish we could. I wish we could. I, I, I really wish. The problem is uh, that would actually uh, we we are not allowed to do that because it would actually mean we would immediately be banned in multiple countries for uh, for gambling uh, laws. That that Wait. don't even what? even a visual. Yes, yes. Even a uh, just a representation of of a gambling game, uh, even where you're not setting real money, even if, if even if it's just virtual, completely is still there are laws that completely prohibit this. Yeah. Oh wow! I I yeah. had no idea. That's that's amazing. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm not Salvatore has a question. I'm not sure what this means. Is it possible to have some kind of mapped limits to asteroid fields so the autopilot doesn't even try and move through them? I'm not sure what that means. Uh, I think you, I'm not sure uh, 100%. I think it means like exclusion zones? Yes. Uh, Well, exclusion zones within a sector is not possible. Uh, You can blacklist sectors individually and then the pathing tries to go around an entire sector. This is usually used uh, for anything that's dangerous. That could be uh, a sector that's invaded by Xenon, or it could be a sector that has asteroid fields or other um, dangerous regions. We have these these, these nebulas that actually drain your shields, even sometimes drain your hull. So um, uh, these actually also now do damage to ships 
in out of sector so even if you are not there so your ships could get damaged flying through a sector just because it has this 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 uh, strange field and um, that's why you might want to use blacklists uh, which is a setting and and basically you can apply that to all of your ships so they automatically avoid those sectors oh okay that's neat i didn't even know that was a thing uh well so far the last question we have uh from uh from the chat so far uh is there what it's old man gib again what kind of is there a chance of some kind of sector news broadcast like like freelancer had um that's an interesting thing interesting question well we we have these broadcasts which are relatively short and uh, uh only usually centered around the wars um they they pop up on your ticker monitor um this is this is for keeping the player up to uh, up to speed about the ongoing wars you you usually get them um you get I think a little bit already when you just have a good reputation with one faction, you get more of that when you subscribe to the to the wars. You, there are these subscription missions where you can actually become a member of the military, right? You you uh, you get promoted. You go to the manager or what is it, the the faction boss of of a faction, and and um, you. Uh, this is actually something that you get an invitation for. That's by the way, that's one of the things that you see in this mission interface that we were talking about. Uh, you, you just, um, I think the re the requisite for that is just that you have a certain minimum uh, reputation with. Any race that is in a war, so it could be the Argon, the Paranid, many uh, many of the races in the game are in wars. Um, and then you can uh, you go and you get this ceremony where you get also a, a new blueprints or the possibility to buy, buy blueprints by a certain way. So there's a lot of rewards connected to that, but also potentially an invitation to uh, sign up for joining that war. And once you do that, you get more ticker news. So there are the news exist. They are not very in depth, though. It's not like a large uh, law driven article. We we decided against that because no matter what we do and how much text we would write with with such a big universe and so much, uh, um, yeah. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, it no, it's it's it would get quickly repetitive, you know. So, so it it uh, you you wouldn't want to have a long, a long winded, cool written article with a cool backstory, but then after one hour, it's the same one again. Yeah, and it kind of contradicts each other. So we concentrate more on the facts. There's an invasion going on here. Go there. Uh, another question from Sarun: Why do why do Cacrecs leave no scrap? They don't? Okay. That's I what, didn't know that. That's what they're saying. Uh, Could be true. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. That was just a question. <laughs> My answer is probably technical reasons. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware. I wasn't aware. I didn't check that. I, uh, I, can, I, can, I can type that question now into our internal troubleshoot channel. Why do... Well, someone, uh, else, in the, not... someone else in the chat is saying they do. So I don't know. Maybe they're just running into an issue. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh boy and uh the last question we'll take from the chat because it's already getting long here any new station builder models um you you mean the builder ships that build the stations i'm guessing i'm guessing i'm not i'm not 100 uh, yeah 
Yeah, I'm, again, I mean, we, we what we in, in, uh, improve through the uh, this is this would be something for the for the free update, right? For five point zero, that we uh, we actually already added a lot of new ships to the five point zero update. We concentrated on the Perinit, and um, so this is uh, there is of course always potential to improve more, more make more quantity. Uh, but um, yeah, we we just have so much time. <laughs> it's it's one year, and it's a lot of work. So. Not, we cannot do everything. Now, usually this is the part of the show where I ask, so what's next? But we can't talk about that. <laughs> so, because uh, we, we usually try and keep this to an hour, an hour and a half. And we could probably keep on going. But it's already, we, we should probably start wrapping up. It's late for you, too. And you're not feeling We stay that. in the X-Universe. That's what I can say. We definitely, uh, this this company is an <laughs> X-Universe company by now. I, yeah. we, were, we were quickly talking about our, our history before with the Amiga and everything. So we, we had our experiments already in the early 90s. And that's when we did text adventure. No, not text adventures. We did adventure games, actually graphical adventures, not text. Um, but all, all kinds of other games. Been there, done that. We found our thing. And now all of our team are space nerds, all of them. And uh, that's, that's what we, we grew into. So uh, you can you can be sure whatever we do will be space and it will probably also be X. And Lovely. I want to I apologize to Icegrim. Icegrim in the chat. Apparently they asked three questions and I somehow completely missed them. So I'm sorry. I, I tried to get there everybody. a lot of questions. Yeah, I really, I honestly... I honestly tried to uh, get everybody, uh, but I must have missed them. I apologize. Oh, uh, Reborn, I guess this is a good question. If someone wants to give you a suggestion, where where's the best place for it? That's a good question I can uh, we can wrap up with. Sorry, if somebody gives you a suggestion. If someone, if someone wants to give ask a question or give you a suggestion, uh, where where's the best place for them to put it? Is it the forums? Is it the Steam forums? Is it Discord? Community-wise, yeah. Um, we, we have the Egosoft forum, of course, and that's the historically been always the most active for us. So that's also where lots of our employees hang out. Um, um, nowadays, it's a mix, though, uh, but, but I still think the Egosoft forum is our home because it's also our own website. Right. But nowadays, we also have some some of our team guys on Reddit, for example. There's a cool X4 subreddit. Um, so uh, posting there has also some chance of answering. Um, I myself, I must say, I'm guilty of not really following any one uh, place completely, other than maybe Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, harder to, to, to reach us. But but we, we, we yeah, that's... Uh, uh, but but Steam forums, um, Reddit, and um, the best is definitely the Egosoft forum, I would say. All right. So, uh, yeah, we should start wrapping up. Uh, Baron, I want to thank you so much, even though you're not feeling well. And it's kind of late in the day for you because you're also in Germany like Thorsten is. Uh, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking the time out of your very busy day, I'm sure, to come back on to talk to us. And I hope we can have you on again for whatever X4 and beyond <laughs> that we can't talk about uh, <laughs> uh, comes to light because these are always fun shows and the X4 games are really, really special. And so uh, thank you. I want to thank you 
for coming on to talk about. So friends, the game, the base game is X4 Foundation. The latest expansion is Tides of Avarice. And it's the third expansion for the game. You guys, if you're into space gaming at all, you got to play this. It's it's really got just about everything you would want in a space game from boarding to to missions to building space stations to trading. It's got pretty much everything. Uh, it also has a learning curve, so you got to invest some time in it. But it's getting better in that regard, I'll tell you that. Uh, if you're if you're brand new to the game, yeah, the uh, the newest expansion is a great start that really holds your hand through quite a bit of it. And uh, I think would be a really good place to start. Uh, the uh, what's the what's the name of the start again? Uh, it's the one. Tides where- of Avarice. No, that that's the name of the expansion. What's the name of the start? It's when you start in jail. Uh, stranded. Stranded. Thank you. Yeah, the stranded start. In um, in Tides of Avarice is a great. I think it's a great place to start. I'm having a blast with it. Uh, so next week on maybe, the sh- so next week what maybe was that? try the flight school. So just yeah, oh, also, yeah. just wanted to the, also mention the flight school. Do the flight if, in case yeah. people have a problem getting in. Yeah, yeah. I forgot to mention. Yes, the flight schools are very important. Very important. Uh, yep. Next week on the show, we are going to talk about representation, a very important topic. We really haven't we haven't talked about it before. We've brushed it. A little bit, but we're going to talk uh, about representation in gaming and how it's doing. Is it getting better? All that stuff. So that's going to be next week's show. And tomorrow in the stream, we're going to do some more air power, that wacky ass 1995 sim that we're just having a blast with. So, uh, Baron, again, thank you so much for joining us. And everyone in the chat, thank you so much for being so chatty and active today. We had a lot of great questions. Very active, friendly, fun chat. Thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, it's great to see so many people in the chat. Thank you so much. And uh, again, if you can, uh, we try to end every stream with this. If you can, please take care of each other. Be well to each other. And if you can, please get vaccinated. Uh, please, please, <laughs> yeah. please, please, if you can, get vaccinated. We have to do this for each other. Not just ourselves, but for each other. So if you can, please get vaccinated. Have a great day, everyone. Be safe, be well, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.